Welcome to Camp Podcast. I am pianist Miko, and I serve as president of the Contemporary Art Music Project, or CAMP. CAMP is an organization that promotes innovative art music and collaborates with composers and performing artists. One of many activities we do is our podcast series. Our hosts explore a wide range of topics from marginalized composers in the music history to current collaborations. CAMP is currently accepting acoustic works, electroacoustic works, and installation proposers for the annual Festival Campground 23. Do you want your works to be performed by the camp performing artists, to be choreographed by Tampa City Ballet, and to be displayed at Tampa based Gallery Temps projects? Submit your work now. Go to www.contemporaryartmusicproject.org and learn more about Campground 23. Tonight, I am your host, and I am thrilled to talk with Sean Connors, a percussionist of the Third Coast Percussion, Grammy-winning Chicago-based percussion quartet. Hi, Sean. Hi, Amy. How are you? Fine. Welcome, and thank you so much for being here and talking to me. It's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Um, so I uh, usually ask the same first question uh, as a kind of an icebreaker. It's quite a personal question, but okay. I hope you don't I'm mind. Right. No, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I would like to know, um, and I, I'm sure that our listeners would like to know. Um, what was your first encounter with music like? You know, how, how was it? And, and why did you choose this profession to be a um, performer, musician? And uh, I guess furthermore, why percussion? Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know if I can pinpoint my first <laughs> encounter with music. I mean, if we, I feel like if anybody, in the world tried to think about it, it would just go back as far as your memory can reach because music's all around us all the time, right? Um, right. I, I did, uh, I was always attracted to it and I, I took, you know, piano lessons as a little kid. Um, and then I, I grew up on the East Coast in the United States in New Jersey and you can pick a, a band instrument or an orchestra instrument in fifth grade. So I, I picked percussion because I looked around and I saw that percussion was uh, in all of the different types of groups, you know, that percussion played in an orchestra and played in the jazz band. And there was a percussionist playing in the uh, musical pit and with the chorus and with the marching band. And I just wanted to do everything. (laughs) So that's that's why I picked percussion. And then I think, um, you know, there was a steady increase in interest in pursuing it as a career, uh, you know, probably in late high school, other things started slipping by the wayside. And I uh, realized I was spending all my free time (laughs) doing musical stuff. But there, I guess that one, one moment that I remember in particular that um, made me really fall in love with chamber music, especially was um, one of my very best friends in high school was also a percussionist. And we had a very friendly, um, 
uh, very good, like uh, competitive, <laughs> you know, uh, a good, good competitive uh, relationship. And our teacher said, you guys should check out this piece by Bartok for two pianists and percussion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there was a set of twin sisters who were also in our high school and uh, Susa and Sarah Wang. And they have since gone on to be concert pianists. And we played the Bartok Sonata as high school kids. And we played it uh, at Lincoln Center. There was some, there was a chamber music conversation for high school kids and we got selected and it was just such a thrilling, amazing experience. Um, and I said, this is awesome. I, how do I keep doing this? <laughs> wow, I, that's impressive. <laughs> I, was I was definitely the weak link in that group. <laughs> Susan and Sarah would just look at each other and they wouldn't even count off. They would just go, Wow, wow, really? I mean, it's it's such a difficult work and that's huge monumental work. Really. Yeah, my, my friend AJ was the timpanist in it and it's a notoriously hard timpanist. So I got off I got off very easy. Yeah. <laughs> I played well, the easy part in that, but it was it was very inspiring. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. I think you're being modest, really. Yeah. That's yeah, that's amazing. Um, so I mean, you you were really uh, uh, we all, uh, of course all of us uh, were trained to be a soloist, but also I assume that you really loved chamber music, and um, I guess that's how you start such an ensemble like um, you know Third Coast. Uh, how did you start this ensemble? Yeah, uh, so all of the members of Third Coast uh, Percussion uh, met and interacted with each other at Northwestern University. Um, at the time, uh, the professor there was Michael Burt. He's since um, become the professor of percussion at Eastman, uh, where <laughs> both you and I met. Right. Uh, which is funny. Um, but at the time, we uh, studied with um, Michael at Northwestern, and part of his pedagogy was um, using uh, percussion ensemble and chamber music as a real teaching tool. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in newer works for orchestra and, and large ensembles like wind ensemble, um, the, the percussion parts are getting better and better and, you know, more, um, involved, but there's, you know, there's a, there's a several centuries worth of repertoire where the percussionists mm -hmm. just sit in the back and don't have much to do. Mm -hmm. So chamber music and especially percussion ensembles where, we really get to stretch out and 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 feel like you know uh first violinists <laughs> or flute players or something like that um and uh it was a very formative experience um i actually wasn't a founding member of third coast but um the group uh, uh became more and more active uh gradually over the course of about um eight years uh between 2005 and 2013 and in 2013 um i had subbed with the group and i was very good friends with everybody in the group um, and at that time there was a personnel change and the group was also becoming full-time um, mm. everyone was going to quit their other jobs um, teaching and freelancing um, and invest everything in third coast percussion so that's i joined in 2013 and we've been full-time ever since Oh, great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think every musician, almost all musicians and young musicians who um, have this dream to uh, start their own ensemble and, you know, doing something and have their own group. Um, 
Do you have any wisdom to share?、Uh, I'm, I'm not sure about wisdom, but <laughs> I, I will. I will say there's there's benefits and advantages of of any career in the arts and any any career in music.、Um, if you have your own group,、uh, you have to be prepared to do all the work that comes along with it.、Uh, so, for example, the the ensemble members are also administrators for the group.、Uh, that's, mm-hmm. how, that's how we divide up the. Uh, labor. We also have three full-time staff members who who work with us. That's grown over the last years,、uh, several years. But the advantage is that then we have complete artistic control. So、mm-hmm. the four ensemble members are are the co-artistic directors.、Um, so that that feels you know a little different than being、um, you know a, a freelancer or maybe a member of an orchestra or playing in the Pit of a musical or something like that, where you get to play great music and you get to perform, but you don't necessarily get to choose、um, the music that you play or, or sometimes even how you play it. So I think it's worth the extra work、uh, to have your own ensemble, in, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,、uh, yeah. If you belong to orchestra or bigger ensemble, and you kind of do gigs time to time, and and of course you have to play the repertoire you were asked to play. And exactly. Yeah, 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 things like that. So yeah, but、um, I mean, it's it's a huge undertaking, and、uh, you guys did. Such an amazing job. I mean, now it's like probably the most important ensembles in the at least in the United States. Wow. Well, thanks. Thanks for saying so.、Uh, we really believe in it, and、uh, we really love all the different projects that we get to work on. So,、um, thanks. Thanks for listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah.、Um, well, you have had many many collaborative projects. I、uh, just. You know, look through the website, and there were really、um, so many, and all of them looked very interesting. It was really hard to kind of pick、uh, one or two.、Um, you、uh, had this collaboration with,、uh, of course, Philip Glass, and um, and uh, with uh, uh, the street dance group, and、uh, all. All kinds of things. So, yeah, tell us about、um, your collaboration. Sure.、Um, well, the 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 two that you mentioned、um, mm-hmm. talk about working with Philip Glass first.、Um, for many people who are listening to the podcast, they probably recognize the name Philip Glass. I mean, when I was in、uh, music school, his name is already in the music history textbooks. You know, he's one、right. of those iconic American composers.、Um, And、uh, once we had、um, felt become very comfortable with commissioning and understood how to get support to do that sort of thing, and had commissioned quite a bit, we we started really thinking about、um, iconic living composers who had never written for percussion ensemble. And、um, what what a shame it is that there's some composers、uh, throughout history who. Were never approached to to write a piece, and so there therefore there's nothing in the repertoire by them.、Um, so we kind of made it a mission to, as best as we can,、uh, approach a, a wide variety of composers, people at the beginning of their career, people who are right in the middle of it, but also you know,、uh, for lack of a better way of explaining it, iconic. 
composers of, mm-hmm. of our time. So uh, it took many years <laughs> to, oh, to sure. kind of uh, <laughs> track down just to just even figure out how to like get in touch with Philip Glass because um, he has a wonderful team, but he has a whole his whole team more than form because his, uh, his career is so vast and multifaceted. And and we started actually by um, by being inspired by his music and arranging it for our instruments, um, kind of getting approval mm. by, by his team to do that, and then sharing our arrangements with them. And that went over really well. We recorded some of those, and um, some other percussion ensembles started playing those. And uh, and we approached um, uh, Philip uh, and his team. Uh, you know, what would it take to commission a new work? And mm-hmm. He was great, you know. He we um, we got a whole team of uh, co-commissioners together, and we got a piece called Perpetuum, which is in in some ways uh, very orchestral in in nature. Um, it has uh, three movements to it with a cadenza in the middle, like almost like a almost like an orchestral concerto, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And it uses um, uh, basically orchestral percussion instruments. So a lot of times percussion ensembles play cool and unique uh sometimes you know considered like weird instruments or like found objects or invented instruments but um the piece from philip uh used you know very very common percussion instruments and it was a blast um and we toured it for a while and it was it was wonderful we had a wonderful experience uh philip is an incredibly giving um musician and He's like a, a lifelong gigging musician. Uh, if if anyone ever has the opportunity to interact with him and talk about being a composer, especially, he's a wonderful person to talk to. Um, and one example is that uh, after the premiere, he uh, which he was at, uh, he he played his his uh, his solo uh, Madrash, and then we played his um, new piece. He was very happy, and he said. Uh, you know, I would like to have you guys out to uh, my festival that I do out in Big Sur. Would you like to do this? And we were like, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> and um, he's like, yeah, maybe I'll ask one of my friends to write you a piece. And we were thinking like, okay, you know, cool. Uh, well, you know, we'll have to, you know, figure out, you know, who the friend is. And, you know, of course we want to respect uh, Philip. And the friend turned out to be Danny Elfman. <laughs> oh. And uh, he uh, basically called Danny Elfman and said, hey, there's this group. Uh, I really wow. want you to write a piece for them. And wow. we'll, the festival will cover the commission. So wow. uh, all the work uh, that Third Coast did to build a relationship with Philip didn't just um, pay off in a wonderful relationship with Philip and his team, but it also created kind of by luck and just by happenstance an a awesome relationship with Danny Elfman, who, who in turn wrote us a, a four-movement piece, and that's on our latest album. That's amazing. I mean, that's, I guess, how you extend the uh, uh, collaboration and um, relationships and connections and everything. It's really amazing. It's a great story. Well, yeah, thanks. I think yeah. it, it demonstrates um, how I think the majority of musicians and artists that we've met really are collaborative people at, at, at their core. They want to help other artists out. They want to help um, uh, musicians who aren't as far along as them. So it, one advice that we always give to, to folks who are still in school, for example, is, um, mm-hmm. you know, look at someone who is maybe doing what you would like to be doing in a few years and just ask them advice and take them out for coffee oh, or yeah. you know, or something. And the worst they can say is no. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 
yeah yeah wow uh that's and all these pieces that i uh assume that that's in the in your latest album perspectives correct yes yes yeah yes. yeah yeah cool that's really exciting yeah um well i personally am really interested in uh this um collaboration between the the dancers and the ensemble so yes. you can yeah yeah so the uh the company is called movement art is and it's founded by john books and will buck and they are two incredible movement artists and choreographers um you, you know people might be might be familiar with them without even knowing who they are they they've been on netflix shows and mm. the grammys and little buck has like a viral video of him uh dancing while yo-yo ma plays the swan um and the the style uh, the styles i should say of dance and movement that they incorporate are um varied and uh, come from uh, traditions of street dance uh, from different cities in America. And uh, we got to meet uh, Buck and Boogs through our a different project with Hubbard Street Dance, which is a, a modern company here in Chicago. We love them. We've collaborated with them a few times. And uh, one of the projects that we did with them, we provided all the music um, and one, uh, one set of pieces by Devante Hines was uh, set on dancers and choreographed by uh, John Bokes and Lil Buck, Movement Art Is. Um, and so we approached them after that project was over and said, hey, would you would you want to do something um, just with us? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, maybe uh, something that could be on uh, a different set of stages and, and get your art to a different set of audience than, uh, than you know, dance um, than dance audiences. And street dance actually works great for percussion ensemble because mm -hmm. it's uh, oh yeah you don't need um uh marley floor you don't need um all all the things that a, like a ballet company would need basically mm -hmm. you just need a hard surface that's flat mm -hmm. <laughs> and um and so we developed a piece a project i should say in collaboration with john bucks uh john boogs and, and lil buck called metamorphosis uh, uses percussion music and dance to kind of tell the story of what it's like to try to view the world from someone else's uh, shoes. Uh, so there's they the, the dance has two different characters in it, and we've we've toured the piece now quite a bit. And the the two dancers, the two um, interpreters, Quentin Robinson and Cameron Murphy, are just amazing. They're like. Uh, not only artists, but extremely athletic, and it's just super impressive. I don't even understand how they do half the movements that they do. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, they are—they embody two different characters: a very a humanistic character, and then more of like a robot or um, uh, almost Frankenstein's monster, uh, non-human character. And they move in a very dramatically different ways, um, based on their their styles of dance. Actually, that they're uh, that they come from. Um, Quentin uses, uh, dances in an animatronic style. So it's like isolating different, uh, parts of your body and doing very fine motions with it. And for, in a layman's terms, I'm probably saying this the wrong way, but it, it would, it'd be like if you see someone doing the robot, but incredibly beautifully and super athletically. <laughs> uh, and then um, Cameron comes from more of a hybrid, more of a fluid style. And so they really embody those characters 
And so they, they kind of sell, they tell a non-narrative story about interacting with each other, trying to dance like each other, and then embracing their differences. And it was all developed uh, during 2020, virtually. Wow. Uh, when, you know, COVID was right in the, the height of things. Um, and also when a lot of... Uh, uh, racial disparity was, was, was finally getting acknowledged in our country. And it was, it, it felt, it feels, still feels very much like a, uh, art, art for now and, and a very American, um, a very American concert. Uh, so we've gotten to tour it a bunch now. Um, the music for it is, uh, there's two pieces by Philip Glass that we arranged, um, an original piece of music by Tiande Braxton, which was mm-hmm. uh, composed for the project, and then a set of seven pieces uh, composed by uh, the electronic dance um, uh, composer and producer and performer, Jay Lynn. And her set of pieces, Perspective, is also on our album, Perspectives. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds really exciting and yeah i'm really surprised that it was done virtually um in 2020 that's even more impressive that was hard <laughs> no i bet i bet the, i can't the imagine dancers were spread between la and vegas we were in chicago our lighting designer yeah. was uh in a different building in chicago you know because third coast potted during 2020 we were lucky that our partners agreed <laughs> to yeah. that but wow. we kind of made a little pod so we could still get together um but yeah yeah it, it all it all came together and we're at, actually carnegie hall was the really the big inspiration and uh, commissioner of the project mm-hmm. uh, for us because they came to us and they asked us if they could help uh support a new project with dance for us we said yes of course <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, are finally going to get to bring it to carnegie um after the new year it's been delayed you know several years now but right. much better late than never right <laughs> wow well you mentioned about this um um uh social justice issue uh just right now a little bit but i uh, was also impressed uh by how um you have your statement and goal um, of diversity and equity and inclusion in in programming, and uh, I was so glad and happy to see that, uh, uh, especially from you know um, such an ensemble like uh, Third Coast Percussion, and I, I think it's very important that like a big ensemble or um, renowned ensemble. Uh, doing this really so yeah tell us about this issue yeah so i mean it's been it's been something that we have been working on steadily for a long time um and uh several years ago um we took stock of uh it's hard to focus on all areas of diversity you know because there's um you know, gender and race and um, age and uh, level of education and, you know, uh, country of origin, all this stuff. Um, But we just wanted to measure a few things, uh, because if you don't measure something, you can't, you can't manage it. You can't, uh, if you don't actually know what you're doing, (laughs) you can't make any changes or try to improve anything. So we just uh, took stock of um, uh, the amount of music that we played, 
by uh, composers who, for if, if you if you call us a classical ensemble, um, the amount of composers who we performed music that were typically thought of as underrepresented in, in classical music. Um, uh, so um, people of color and uh, women identifying composers. And it was very, very lacking. And uh, we uh, are super passionate and love so much music. Uh, we just, we realized that we needed to make a concerted effort. So we, our, our goal is to program basically the demographics of our country. So to, in, or, in order to mm-hmm. represent uh, American voices, uh, voices from the United States as, as best that we can. So our goal is to play, uh, and, and we, we, um, track it in minutes on stage, uh, which is, you know, hard, uh, there's, there's problems with every way that you measure it, but at least this is an easy kind of mathematical way to do it. Um, and we measure the minutes on stage by, uh, female identifying composers and, and, uh, BIPOC, uh, composers. And, um, and we try to have it match the same demographics of the United States. So that's, you know, for example, that's uh, making sure that half the music that we play is by a, a female identifying uh, composer. Um, and it has uh, actually led to amazing collaborations, just like we knew it would. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it, and, it, and it's really exciting because it's, it's uh, one area that we decided to like, we, we've realized that our education program actually is one of our most performed um, uh, programs, honestly. And we hadn't updated the repertoire in it for years. And so we commissioned a set of uh, whole new pieces, uh, all by female identifying composers. And now we have awesome additions to the repertoire that other uh, percussion ensembles around the nation are starting to play. And we're really excited by it. Great. Um, I I think education is so important, and you know I say this very often. But when I grew up, I thought all the composers are dead and white male. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, um, and it's uh, was really um, kind of eye opening to. Uh, it's, it's it's not really the composers are living they're, they're alive and they're you know they can be female they can be anything and they can be that's exactly right right? a composer can be anything right so um yeah well you mentioned education and uh i I think that's also really important uh activity that's one of the activities that you guys are doing so yeah if you can um go on with your education program a little bit more that would be great sure of course we we um we all are educators at heart, and, and um, we were all teachers at, at some point of pretty much any level, <laughs> you name it. Um, uh, someone in Third Coast has taught it. Um, so we're, we're really passionate about it. It's part of our mission statement to um, help foster a love of music and uh, to create, you know, and, and help mentor the next generation of musicians. Um, so we have a lot of different uh, education offerings. All right, we have a kind of a flagship performance it's an all ages show um called think outside the drum mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that's that's the show that i was alluding to that we probably perform more than any other uh, uh concert that we do and it introduces any audience it's usually usually school kids usually between the ages of 
um, you know, kindergarten and, and grade five, uh, but we've played it for all ages um, and family concerts outside the context of school, you name it, um, to just basic building blocks of music. So things like melody, um, rhythm, uh, timbre, those, those concepts. And uh, we use our demo, uh, we use the music of our repertoire that we love, uh, like music by Jay Lynn, um, for example, uh, in this show. And we created interactive games for all of the audience to participate in. So, for example, to teach a concept of timbre um, and like different textures in music, um, we play a fun game where um, we introduce metal and wooden and uh, skin drum sounds and then have students try to follow along while we play really fast by touching their head, touching their shoulder, touching their, their uh, stomachs when we play those different sounds and it kind of devolves into little kids uh, squealing and having a lot of fun. So that's <laughs> that's our kind of our flagship education show. But we also have, um, we have noticed, at least for our generation, that there was a lot more emphasis on performance um, in, in music education than there was in creation or improvisation. Mm-hmm. So um, all, all of us remember being in band class, but not all of us remember being ever asked to compose, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so we created a, a, a few projects that um, really try to still creativity in young students. So we have a group composition uh, project where we've worked with students, uh, ensembles, you know, say a, a middle school orchestra or an elementary band to create their first um, composition uh, together, which is a whole bunch of fun. Um, you know, the, the one memory is that we played on a band's very first concert and so they were playing things like mary had a little lamb and twinkle twinkle little star and then their own composition which was cool super cool um yeah um we also have a program that we're really proud of that that um combines um the stem subjects uh science technology engineering and math with arts education um we call it making waves and we developed it with the university of notre dame and in the program students get to build their own instruments, learn about the science behind sound, and then uh, compose and perform a piece on those instruments. So that's probably our most in-depth program, um, but it it touches upon many of the things that we love about uh, education. Oh, great. Yeah. You also have this kind of um, composer training program, I think, uh, creative partnership that you're Yes, kind of nursing yeah. young composers. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. We yeah. have a, a, a free to apply to. Uh, I, I'd imagine there's some composers listening right now. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, you should apply to our current creative <laughs> partnership. Um, the deadline is October 31st. Um, it has been uh, and will continue to be free every year that we've run it. Um, you can find out more on our website, thirdcoastpercussion.com. And basically, um, uh, you show us a little bit about your music and then make a pitch. Like, what would you, um, what would you do with Third Coast Percussion? What piece would you mm-hmm. make um, with us? And we um, typically work with about two to three uh, composers over the course of a full season. So a lot of times we found that um, with like a reading session or a call for scores, composers don't really get to play around or edit that much. They get a, like a really strict deadline and they might have one rehearsal or they have to just write a piece and send it to a group without any feedback. And it's not a very collaborative experience, which we 
don't like. <laughs> um, so uh, it's spread out over a full season, and um, we're really, uh, uh, really happy with the program. We've been doing it for almost ten years now, wow. and um, it's fostered some of our uh, closest uh, friendships and and uh, professional collaborations. So um, everybody, check it out. And the worst case scenario is you send us your music, and we all listen to it, and we get to know you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's uh, about time that we can kind of wrap up and listen to some music, which we always like. And uh, we will listen to uh, some selections from your latest album. Um, so tell us about the uh, album, Perspectives, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so the the story of the album, uh, if, if there is one, is that um, all of the different music creators um, whose music is represented on the album took a really different approach to um, how they create music. Uh, so we're gonna hear, I, I think maybe two to three selections. It's up to you three. guys, but three. Great. Yeah. Three. Um, yeah. Uh, and two of them we've actually already touched upon. Uh, one of them is going to be a movement from Danny Elfman's um, mm-hmm. uh, new quartet, which in, in some ways is was the most traditional uh, form of creation collaboration. He We sampled a lot of our instruments. He had a clear idea of uh, the piece he wanted to write. He, he um, sent us some drafts. We tested it out. We made revisions um, and, and workshopped it that way. Um, but we're, we also worked with Jay Lynn, um, who is an incredible composer, but she doesn't work in notated uh, uh, format. She composes entirely in her DAW, uh, Digital Audio Workstation. Mm-hmm. So she came and spent two days with me sampling pretty much every instrument in our studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really, really fun. Um, and then she went home and she made um, uh, basically seven complete compositions. Um and then gave us license to uh, orchestrate them, basically, and in some cases arrange them, um, kind of get the spirit of what she wrote and then try to put it on our instruments. And so there's seven pieces in total. We're going to hear one called Derivative, which um, Rob from the group took uh, took lead in transcribing. And this one represents um, really... Uh, like a note for note uh, attempt at transcribing her piece. So there wasn't a lot of arranging in it. Most of the work was put into like, oh my gosh, how are we going to translate these amazing, awesome electronic sounds into acoustic sounds and make it not take up, you know, an entire stage. Because for for example, I think in this track, there were like, I don't know, something like 10 hi-hat stems alone, all sounding different and super cool and unique. Um, and actually, that was the single, <laughs> which is kind of funny to say uh, uh, for our group, but that's the single from the album. So we released that first uh, before the whole album came out. Um, and then uh, uh, representing a, a completely different way of um, creating music, um, our friends Flutronics, and we composed a piece together, which is the first time that um, Third Coast Percussion has ever tried to co-compose with an outside group. Um, we, everybody in third coast, uh, composes and we've done co-composing together as a group, but we've never, um, done it with anybody who, you know, wasn't uh, a member of third coast mm-hmm. percussion. So it was our first venture into it. It was a ton of fun. It was very challenging. Um, 
And there were a lot of, you know, of course, amazing and strong opinions in the room. But I think we we narrowed um, we narrowed it down into a, a cool, uh, short three minute piece. And we're going to be touring with uh, Natalie Shwashem and Allison Langes Hall from Foodtronics after the new year, um, playing some stuff together. So we'll hear one track um, from Rubik's, which uh, which is the piece that we co-composed. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. And it was so nice to um, see you um, virtually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after so many years. <laughs> um, and it was it's always great to uh, follow the Third Coast percussion and um, how great work you do. So thank you. Thank you so much, Yumi. And everybody should uh, submit a work to the camp call for scores. It's such a wonderful opportunity. Thank you. Um, either an installation <laughs> or an acoustic work or you know any of those three categories. Everybody listening should check that out. Thank you so much. So we'll listen to uh, Jalen Derivative, uh, Danny Elfman Percussion Quartet Movement One, and. Uh, Flutronics and Third Coast Percussions co-composition go from Rubik's.
By donating, you can go to our website www.contemporaryartmusicproject.org and simply click the donate button. Help us continue our podcast, festival, and other exciting projects. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time with more music. <laughs>